0: Hello and welcome. I'm Amanda Farmer and this is Your Strata Property. Anne-Marie Paul is the New South Wales and ACT State Manager for CHU Underwriting Agencies. She has a degree in Economics from Sydney University, majoring in Accounting and Law. As an Insurance Specialist, she sees the growing and ever-changing strata industry as an exciting place to be, particularly with the recent New South Wales law reform. As a Strata owner herself, she understands the underlying risks associated with unlimited personal liability. However, she's mindful that not all owners are in the same informed position and need to be educated about the risks and potential exposure to liability. To talk about just that, I am delighted to welcome Anne-Marie Paul of CHU. Welcome, Anne-Marie. Thank you, Amanda. It's great to be having this opportunity to speak with you today. So I
1: really appreciate it.
0: Lovely to have you on the show, Anne-Marie. And I am looking at you on a Skype video and I am looking at this beautiful background, which is not wallpaper. It is real. You are sitting in front (laughs) of the Sydney Harbour Bridge.
1: I'm a very lucky girl where I work.
0: (laughs) Very lucky. (laughs) Just gorgeous. That has to be the best backdrop of all of my guests so far, I think. I'm very jealous. It's a good distraction from me, so that's good. (laughs) (laughs) Not at all. We don't want to be distracted. We are talking about some important stuff here today, and I'm going to start by asking you, Anne-Marie, can you tell us why it is so important for Strata committee members to have an understanding of liability?
1: I guess the most important thing is that liability is something you don't really think about when you're buying a property or going on a strata committee. I think a lot of people go onto a strata committee being voted in thinking that's great, but don't realise the importance of the role, firstly, and don't always understand the liability that can expose the owners corporation to and also themselves personally. I remember buying into strata the first time myself back in the late 80s, thinking, what have I bought into? And there's all these terms, owners corporation, strata committee or you know executive committee back in those days. And you know, lots and airspace. And I'm thinking, what have I actually bought here? And I had a very good solicitor who was doing the conveyancing who actually took the time to explain to my husband and I, what we'd bought, what we were buying into, actually, not we hadn't actually bought at that stage. And I think in those days, there wasn't a lot of information, but luckily now with podcasts like this, with the OFT, the New South Wales Office of Fair Trading website, the SCA, there's a wealth of information out there that people really have at their fingertips to understand what it means to be on a strata committee, what that role involves, and also the liabilities associated with it. So I think... Before anyone was to become a member of a strata committee, you know, being whether it's an office bearer such as the chairman, the treasurer, or the secretary, or just one of the nine members, Mm. they should do their research. They should actually look at what their function for that owners' corporation is, what Mm. role they have to perform, um, because a decision that's made by the strata committee is seen as a decision by the owners' corporation. And so, to me, that's the first and foremost. What role am I playing? Which am I officer? Or I'm a member. But what functions are we performing? And when I'm performing that function, they need to be mindful that the Act, the Strata Schemes Management Act, says, you know, you have to make decisions for the benefit of the owners corporation. It's not about you mm. and your lot. Mm. It's actually for the whole of the owners corporation. And also, you have to do it with due care and diligence. Mm. So
0: that's a big deal. It is a big deal. And I think um, I like, Anne-Marie, how you've talked about when you bought into Strata and how you got some good advice. And I think it's important for people who are doing just that to understand the situation that the building is in currently, particularly if you're going to go in and you're going to be one of those wonderful people who volunteers, puts the hand up and says, yes, I want to help. I want to be on the Strata committee. Well, have a look at the books and records, have a chat to others on the committee in the building and just see what the current state of play is. Because yes, you are going to be putting yourself in a situation where you are then liable. So what is it that you're taking on and are there things that need to be attended to fixed up pretty promptly or at least put on the record that you are concerned about them? For example, uh, not enough funds or unauthorised expenditure of funds, any litigation on foot that you need to be, aware of because you're jumping into the hot seat, so to speak, Mm. as a committee member and you're then going to potentially be at risk and it's important to be aware of that just so you can manage that risk, I think.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, the building that we were buying into had a flat roof and it had to be repaired some years prior. And the solicitor at the time saying, are you sure you want to buy into this? Because you could end up with a big special levy to do membrane on that roof again. And so you do need to go in with your eyes open and understand, you know, what exposures there are. It might also be that there's been a lot of litigation within that owner's corporation, you know, and so again, understanding, as you say, do your homework on what's currently be happening and Mm. what's happened in the past, I mean, it doesn't mean that it's going to happen in the future, but you still need to go in with your eyes open. Mm,
0: Yep, definitely. Now, moving to insurance, Anne-Marie, your area of expertise, what kind of a policy do you recommend that Strata committees or committee members have in place to manage this risk? I can't give personal advice. I'll start with that one. I'll do the (laughs) Yep. Disclaimer.
1: Disclaimer, I can't give personal advice. But if it was me, and when it is me, I always make sure that I have a look at the insurances. First step is what insurance is currently in place Mm -hmm. and the type of insurance you have. If you're on a strata committee, it'd be like if you're on the board of a company, whether it's a not-for-profit and you're not getting paid or whether you're getting paid, if you're going on to a strata committee... In a board situation, as a director of a board, you have directors and officers cover Mm. to protect you against liability for a decision that may be made, something you've done, an act or something you've not done. You've got that protection against you personally. Mm. You you don't want to be handing over your bank account or having to sell your property because of a decision made. And it's not a fear, I don't want to be fearful, but the reality is we're becoming more and more litigious. Mm. Um, people will sue for the most trivial of things. The number of claims has increased on that front. So mm. just as a director on a board would have, as a strata committee member, you would want to make sure that there is an office bearer's protection in the insurance of your owner's corporation. Mm-hmm. I mean, Strata Schemes Management Act says you must ensure the building for damage. You must ensure for liability, which is now $20 million in New South Wales. Mm. So that's, you know, damage to someone else's property or death or bodily injury to someone. And you must have um, voluntary workers protected or workers' comp if you've got employees working mm-hmm. for the owner's corp. The other insurances that the legislation talks about is office bearers Mm. and also protection against fraudulent or misappropriation of funds like fidelity guarantee. Mm -hmm. So, I think the first thing is what insurance is important is a specialised strata insurance. I mean, CHU, you know, 40 years ago developed the first policy aligned to the Act and there's other companies out there that do the same thing. So, Mm. I'd I'd say go for a specialised strata insurance policy and make sure that you have got adequate protection as an office bearer.
0: Mm. And what kind of things in your experience, Anne-Marie, is this office bearer's liability insurance called upon to cover? Can you share any stories? Uh, No names, of course, but um, (laughs) (laughs) what do you see coming across your desk?
1: There'd be things like um, it's the owner's corpus responsibility to maintain and repair the property, yep. okay? And an example could be a decision might be made not to repair something or not to replace something. Mm. As long as there's no safety implications or no visual impact to the owner's corporate or to the strata, mm. then the decision can be made not to. But if I was an owner that bought into a building that had, for example, a, a gym or a pool, mm. and maybe that gym was getting worn down, the equipment needed to be replaced, not many people are using it, but I into a property that had a gym mm. and a decision is made by the strata committee to say well we don't want to replace it we're going to shut the gym down mm. if I then went to sell my property under the act now under section 1065 as a lot owner if I felt that that decision was made and that's had an impact on the value of my property when I go to sell mm. then that could be an exposure that I might sue someone for mm. a lot owner now has a right to to sue for damages under Section 106.5. It's a mm. bit scary, but I yeah. mean, it's a long
0: bow, but people do the most amazing things. I like that. That's your loyally brain coming out there, Anne-Marie. I really like that <laughs> argument that if I lose return when I go to sell because I can't use the gym, I'm going to sue under 106.5. How exciting. I yeah. really like no. that idea. <laughs>
1: well, it could be. Uh, compensation lawyers are on the on the run at the moment. They're looking yeah. for a new, new turf. Who knows? Yeah. But, uh, you know, I shouldn't be saying that. I'm an insurer, aren't I? But, <laughs> but I mean, that's a long bow to draw. But it could be, for example, a railing on the stairs yeah. or carpet on the stairs that mm. hadn't been replaced, and you know, a decision was made. There's not enough funds. We haven't got a you know enough funds to be able to do that. Then someone falls and injures themselves. Mm. Right? Yeah. That is where it's a scattergun approach. Mm. When a lot of litigation happens, it's. We're going to involve the strata committee members that made the decision. We're going to sue the owners corporation, an unlimited legal liability entity. Yeah. So, I'm going to bring in the strata manager. I'm mm. going to bring in the insurance you know, it's a scattergun approach. And so everyone's in.
0: Mm, And so it's important to make sure that you're covered. Um, I had a query from a member inside my YSP online community and she had a situation where the strata committee had agreed to engage a contractor to do some work on the common property. That contractor turned out to be unlicensed, uninsured, caused all sorts of damage, not only to the common property, but to this member's lot property as well. And she'd raised the question, can I sue the committee members and I wonder if they have office bearers liability insurance and I've said look that's definitely the kind of situation that committee members should be covering themselves for and, and let's hope that they do have office bearers liability. If you make those kinds of decisions and you're not exercising reasonable care there I mean engaging a contractor who's unlicensed and uninsured. That raises real concerns for me. Are these committee members acting in the best interests of the owners' corporation? And I don't know whether when you then go to the insurer, whether they may even fall outside the policy because they've been so badly behaved. Do you have any thoughts on that, Anne-Marie?
1: You know, it all comes down to whether someone's acting with due care and diligence Mm. and also whether they're acting in good faith. Yes. You think about it on a Torrance Title You know, individually owned property, you get a workman in to do something, you don't actually say necessarily show me your licence, but in an owner's corp situation, Mm. you'd need to make sure that you are using an authorised, qualified repairer, Mm. particularly for certain things that could, you know, electricians and plumbers, you know, major things like that, you know, it's not just fixing the garden or but even then you'd still want a gardener yeah, because sure. if they hit a pipe and then damage the pipes that leave the gas pipe or whatever um, so it's a matter of actually whether someone's acted in good faith and it's interesting like the legislation introduced um, section 260 mm-hmm. to protect people on the strata committee so section 260 under the new act says provided that the uh, strata committee member acted in good faith any liability mm. that's associated with the decision made that resulted in the damage or the loss or whatever, that uh, liability will transfer to the owners' corporation. Mm. So there is, you know, a protection I guess for the strata committee members there. But the thing is. First and foremost, you have to prove that you've acted in good faith, and that's where the office bearers comes in. A lot of people say, oh, well, I don't need office bearers now. You know, all of the liability transfers to the owner's corp. Well, it hasn't been tested yet, Mm. and the other thing is, why wouldn't you make sure you've got protection just in case it gets tested and Mm. and it doesn't work? So – just to prove that someone acted in good faith is like twenty k, $20,000 of legal expenses. Oh, at a minimum, yeah. So, yeah. you know, you don't want to be acting for free on a, on a strata committee and end up having to hit your own pocket for that. You would want the owner's corp to support you and, and the way that they would do that is to have office bearers cover
0: mm, in yeah. place. good advice. Now, uh, we're all about solving problems on this podcast, Anne-Marie. What are some common problems that you've noticed people face uh, when we're talking about insurance and liability and what's worked best in terms of overcoming those problems? I think the biggest
1: things that we see is that people need to be convinced that there's a need. Yeah. It's lucky that the legislation says you must ensure the building and you must ensure those other <laughs> mandatory things. <laughs> that's that's all I can say. That's it a is bit a good scary thing. It is. It is a good it's scary, but it's true. People will save money wherever they can and it's understandable. Yeah. It's all about the dollars. So, you know, the cheapest isn't always necessarily the best is one thing I'll say. Mm. Just like you, you were saying about needing to have a qualified, you know, repairer or certified repairer, same with the insurance, make sure it's a reputable company. Mm. Don't skimp over a few dollars. Like in reality, the difference between taking $500,000 worth of office bearers to a million dollars is like $50. Mm. You divide that by the number of lots. That's right. Really, in the scheme of things, what does that mean? Mm. If you want to go from one million to five million, it's a big scheme. You know, it's double the price of a million dollars, but you're getting five times the cover. You know, it's mm. that sort of stuff. So don't just focus on the dollars. Don't always think that the cheapest is the best. And scrimping and saving on something that's going to protect you mm. from, you know, having to sell an asset or, or selling your home even worse. Mm. And the premium is divided across all the lots. It's yep. not you, it's not coming out of your pocket only, it's across everybody. The other, part of you know making sure you've got the building fully insured again people don't want to get valuations done Mm. on buildings and they say, no, no, we don't need a valuation. You know, the insurance company will tell us that. Well, no, we won't. We're Mm. not qualified valuers. I would say make sure that you have fully insured your building. An example of that is we had a commercial property that was a claim on a couple of years ago and it was two buildings, one building burnt down and we nearly exhausted the whole sum insured on replacing the one building to the new building code. Mm. So, if they had both burnt down, basically that owner's corp would have, okay, well, what do they do? Yep or put in the extra,
0: yeah. you know, $2 million
1: between them to replace the buildings mm. in its entirety or do you just sell off the block of land? You mm. know, it and, and no one thinks the total loss or that's not going to happen to us, but unfortunately it does. It happens.
0: Yeah, it does. It happens. The other thing that I find uh, I'm often advising owners' corporations on is to be very clear on which areas it is responsible for, not only being clear on which areas are common property, which areas are lot property, but being aware of what areas a lot owner has the exclusive use of and responsibility for and whether as part of that responsibility, they are then responsible for insuring that area because if they're insuring it, then query, does the owners' corporation also need to insure it? And if something happens, then which policy is called on and who's responsible? And you might have to go back to the terms of an exclusive use bylaw, or we now call them common property rights bylaws, and just be very clear on that. And again, you think it'll never happen, we'll never have a claim, nothing will happen in that space, but, you know, if somebody falls over and hurts themselves inside an exclusive use area... Is it the owner's corporation's public liability that should be called on? Is it the lot owner's? Uh, It's going to be important to be really clear on that.
1: Yeah, and you do, it's understanding what's your responsibility. Again, there's fact sheets on what's an owner's corporation's responsibility versus yours. Mm. I mean, one of the biggest disputes we have is that there's a building claim. So, there's water that's come in due to a storm. The water comes in the resultant damage of the owner's corp, you know, within the lot, maybe it's the cupboards, the fixtures and fittings that are the part mm. of the owner's corp's responsibility would be covered. Mm. But when it came to the carpet and my, my new table or, you know, the curtains or… Yep whatever, those um, internal fixtures and fittings aren't covered. And so, a lot of people don't have contents insurance Mm. and contents insurance, or if it's a landlord situation, landlord's insurance, which obviously covers the contents and other items specific to a landlord, it's actually making sure that you do cover yourself within the lot because once the person steps within inside your lot, if they injure themselves or whatever within the lot, then it's your responsibility, yep. not that the owner's corp. If it was on the stairwell where it's mm. common property area, that is an owner's corpse insurance policy. But when you step inside your lot, as you say, mm. you need to make sure you've got that you know you have your own contents or landlord's yep. insurance in place it's yep. really important absolutely and, you know that's the biggest issue of disputes you know but my carpets and we're like well it's not you know mm. it is that is carpet exactly mm. it's not the owner's corp and you know unless it was the other extreme to that is again whether there is a known defect that the owner's corp chose not to repair then again an owner might decide that well I told you that this is an issue, and mould has been an issue for some time now, you know, water coming in, mould growing, and Mm -hmm. and that does have ramifications uh, sometimes for an owner's call. If it's a known defect, if it's something, if it's a storm, then you know that's an act of God, there's not much we can do about that, and that's an event, but if it's something that hasn't been dealt with, again this comes back to the responsibility of being on the committee, if there's something that is known, that has a safety implication, like mould has a safety implication, then, you know, an owner's Corp or strata Committee should be acting on that. Mm, Absolutely.
0: And Marie, if our listeners have uh, a question, a concern about insurance, they want to uh, understand what they're covered for, what they're not, what they should be covered for, what's your recommendation for some quick steps they can take to start dealing with that issue today?
1: Okay. I think firstly, check what insurance you have in place. Talk to the experts. Yep. Talk to people. Because it's amazing. People have, you know, contacts, um, knowledge, etc. Go to the websites of New South Wales Office of Fair Trading. There is so much information there on, on strata living mm. and different aspects. Listen to podcasts like this. Yep. Um, the SCA, New South Wales, Strata Community Australia website has a bunch of information on strata living, mm-hmm. responsibilities of office bearers and things like that. There's a wealth of information out there. Just seek it
0: and find out what you can. Yep. Great advice. Now, Anne-Marie, personal question. What books have had the greatest impact on you and why? I'm a bit of a
1: murder mystery kind of girl. Ooh. I like to try and work out what's, you know, you know, the suspense, thriller sort of, you <laughs> yep. know, I don't like it too gory. I'm not really into, you know, too much gore, but I like to be able to tr- think what's going to happen next, trying to work out who's who did it, who didn't do it. Mm-hmm. But the biggest book I think that I recall from a young age, was 1984, Mm. George Orwell.
0: Hey, it's on the stage in Sydney now. Have you seen that? Oh, is it? Yeah, I think it's at Sydney Theatre. Yeah.
1: Oh, that would be awesome because, you know, to me back then, like as a teenager I would have been probably, thinking, oh, no, how could Big Brother really exist Mm. even though there is the Big Brother show? But it is a bit (laughs) foyer like that. But um, I guess it was that whole concept of someone watching you constantly Mm. and also – being able to change your mind, reprogram, whatever. I found that quite fascinating. Yeah. And here we are some many years later living in a world that, and I'm not a conspiracy theory girl either, but living in a world where there is so much information and so much knowledge, intelligence, etc., about what we do, how we spend our money, where we're at, GPS on the phone, all yep. of that. Yeah. Uh, who would ever thought that we would be... In that Big Brother world
0: today, mm. which I, I find that fascinating. So, yeah, it's yeah, a great book to go book. back and yes, read yes, now. I reread it, yeah. Oh, thank you for that, Anne Marie. Before we wrap up, how do listeners find out more about you? And is there anything you'd like to add before we say goodbye?
1: Um, I'm on LinkedIn. You can also uh, visit the CHU website, which is CHU dot com dot au and i guess you know talk to people find out what you can be aware of what you're in what you're living in and what you're part of and if you are thinking of going on a strata committee i think it's an awesome thing to do because it's where you live it's your home often and you know you want your community in which you're living to be the best one possible so don't be fearful of engaging because of litigation, I I don't want that fear factor in people's heads, but just be aware that if you do, that you need to be looked after through the insurances that your owner's corporation has in place.
0: Wonderful. And Anne-Marie, you mentioned earlier in our conversation, a fact sheet, and I am very pleased to share with our listeners that they will have access to this fact sheet. It's not otherwise generally available to the public. It's something that I know CHU produces for Strata managers and for brokers, but Anne-Marie has very kindly agreed to share that just with our listeners and it is a fact sheet about the personal liability of Strata committee members and sets out relevant sections of the legislation here in New South Wales and covers the consequences of not maintaining office bearers liability cover if you would like to grab a copy of that fact sheet head over to www.yourstrataproperty.com.au forward slash chu and you will be able to request a copy of that fact sheet be emailed straight to your inbox thank you so much Anne-Marie and I'm seeing ferries go past you in the background it is just picture perfect out there
1: Uh, The cruise ships usually come through later in the day. Oh, (laughs) gosh. It's quite mesmerising when you see them sail past. It's very (laughs)
0: nice. Well, I know you're a busy lady. Thank you so much for giving us your time and enjoy your day. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Your Strata Property, the podcast which consistently delivers to property owners reliable and accurate information about their strata property.